Gamers, we are back with episode 37 of the Time Attack Gaming Podcast, and Big Gaming's back, but now we're missing Rue, so it's just me and Josh again. We had What's two up? podcasts in a row where we're missing somebody. This is this is, this is unprecedented here. <laughs> back to back. <laughs> back to back, but that's okay. Um, Josh and I are both coming into this episode and just letting it go. Wherever the conversation takes us. We're going we're gonna to deal with it as it comes. We do have a few things that we want to talk to you guys about. Um, we almost got into the conversation before we started recording, and then I had to be like, all right, no, we need to, we need to hit record, or we're going to talk about stuff. Stop talking now. Stop. Let's record. <laughs> <laughs> so, as always, guys, man, I'm happy to be on the Time Attack Gaming podcast. Uh, felt, felt like way too long, but here we are. Yeah, you're um, back. <laughs> yeah, we should, we should have the full squad um, next time. So, of course, I'm joined by... My co-host, Josh Statics. What's up, everybody? Hey, I just want to say this. To all the podcasters and broadcasters and content creators out there in the world, be nice to your fellow co-hosts, your partners. Nah. Don't be out here. <laughs> Don't be out here. This is like, uh, uh, this is off topic, but kind of related, but not really. This We don't have a topic yet. No, but basically... <laughs> Uh, if you've been watching a little bit of sports media, I'm pretty sure not many people don't, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I know uh, with this, go for it. Yeah. Don't be uh, a person like Skip Bayless. Don't be cutting off people and mid-conversations. Don't be throwing little temper tantrums like a little kid while people are talking. Because you might wake up one day and be like, yeah, for the part ways, man, we're going to part ways amicably. You mean amicably means, yeah, go fuck yourself. I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm sure, like, so, for those of you not aware, um, and I'm not even a, you know, I'm not a sports guy, but I know who yeah. Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp are, I see their yeah. clips all the time on my Twitter yeah. feed, and even I was interested enough, because they've been doing this Undisputed show for a while, Yeah. so I looked into it, and Skip is a dick, and he was, he said some stuff to Shannon Sharp that a co-host and and a colleague that you're supposed to respect. Yeah. Which was not like, that's the point of the show. There should still be a mutual respect there. Right. Uh, just like, I'm, I'm honestly surprised Shannon Sharp didn't leave earlier, but I wish him the best in his yeah. future endeavors and whatever he goes to next, he'll do great at. Cause he's a great media person in general. So, Oh yeah. Skip, Skip is an asshole. He, he, I don't like him. I go to his account every time the Cowboys lose to see him have a meltdown. I don't even watch football. It's very funny. Anytime the Cowboys are losing or lose, go to his Twitter account. It's hysterical. And I don't even watch football. I'm not knowledgeable at all. Right. It's just funny. This, what's crazy about it is, is like that, that whole show itself is going to have a major loss because let's be real about anything in internet culture. Who do they mean the most? It's Shannon. Shannon. They meme Shannon the most. He's he, all over TikTok. Yeah, he, he, popping he, bottles. Yeah, or like <laughs> you know, you know, he does like he he has so many moments like they ain't a problem, they ain't a problem. Yeah, or he'll have like, or he have moments that's like he's drinking like um some Mountain Dew and he's it's that one everybody yeah. on TikTok. He was like, oh boy, yeah. He's yeah. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So like, I don't know how you replace him. I think the viewership of Undisputed is going to uh, basically go into the shitter. But yeah, that that's a, yeah. you know, basically it's kind of the same thing as a podcast. It's done live, yeah. though, although some podcasts are done live. Yeah. Ours isn't because we're recording at 
9.30 p.m. on a Friday night. Right, right, right. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, good good point. Um, Josh, I think there's something I owe you here. I owe you a top five list, don't I? Yeah. From last week. Oh, yeah. For those that don't know, yeah. If you remember last week we had a, uh, well, last episode we had a conversation about top five uh, story-driven games and Zach wasn't, he couldn't be here because he had a thing to go to, but now we're here to recap. (laughs) Yes. Um, so I want to preface this by saying I am not a narrative guy. The people that have been listening to the podcast for a while know this about me. Yeah. (laughs) Narrative isn't like, I, I love a good narrative in a game. Obviously everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. But it's almost never the reason I purchase a game and it's almost never my driving force for playing through a game. Mm-hmm. I am a gameplay game design guy first in every interpretation of that sentence, basically. Yeah. I do have a top five list of game narratives that I think are really, really special. And I want to talk about them. Here we so go. we're going to go through them quick. We're, we're not going to take as long as Josh and Rue did where there's like <laughs> a big explanation for each of their entries or kind of like how we've done top five lists in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even when it was all three of us. So, top five is actually Xenoblade Chronicles 1. I mm. think it has the best JRPG story of, you know, a game that I've played. Okay. It's super long. It's like it's like a fucking epic with so many different twists and turns. It could easily be like... That game could have been uh, two games, honestly, story-wise, or a trilogy. It's yeah, yeah. insanely long, epic game. And they did a good job. Yeah, yeah. Um, number four is God of War 2018. You guys talked about it a lot. There's nothing uh, I have more to yeah. add to it, <laughs> basically for the same reasons that Josh and Rue liked the game. Yeah, yeah. Last of Us Part 2 is number three. Again, this game was brought up. I don't have much to say about it other than what was previously brought up in the podcast. <laughs> I think it's a better story than the first game. I yeah. think Last of Us 2 does everything better than the first game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other than have a multiplayer mode. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Too soon? Um, anyway. Oh, I mean, not soon enough. <laughs> not soon enough. Yeah, seriously. So these are the ones that I actually have something to say for, Josh. Here we go. Um, number two, I have Professor Layton in the Unwound Future. It's the third mm. game in the original Professor Layton series, which are puzzle games. You solve logic puzzles, number puzzles, all kinds of stuff, and it those puzzles are tied up in a narrative. Okay. Oh, okay. The narrative, yeah. There are DS games made by Level 5. That um, sounds so familiar. Okay. He's got a top hat. He has a little partner named Luke who who has, like, he's just in blue. He's an Englishman. Is it, like, a cartoonish and, style, or? It is cartoonish, Okay, yeah. okay. I think, I, yeah. I think you're talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love that original trilogy. Um, I don't think the franchise has ever been the same. And actually, at the last Nintendo Direct, they had a trailer for the new Layton game is br- bringing Professor Layton back because he, he hasn't been in the game since the original trilogy and then the prequel for that. Dang. Um, Professor Layton 3 has a beautiful narrative that tied up what happened in the first two games. It's It's incredibly touching. It's very smart. The twists you don't expect... Um, yeah, and it's just a very beautiful game. But for number one, and there might as well be, you know, a mile between one and the rest of the list, is Silent Hill 2. Oh, I, why did I not think about that? 
I have not experienced anything yeah. in games, in my opinion, that's on the level of the narrative in Silent Hill 2. The yeah. way it's told is simply not done anymore in video games. It's a once in a once in four generation masterpiece level of a game. Mm. Um, I, I I don't want to go into specifics because there's a remake coming out. I'm not too excited for the remake. I'm going to be honest. Oof. I'm very skeptical about the product, but you know that's a that's a conversation for another day. And you know because of that I don't want to spoil stuff. That's all good. <laughs> but the twist in that game had my jaw on the floor. I was flabbergasted. And and about the last ten percent of that game is some of the most sad and brutal imagery, voice acting situations that the characters find themselves in, it's extremely dark. It's not it's not dark in the sense of something like The Last of Us where there's a lot of violence and 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 murder, but there's like a, a kind of like a point in the character growth element to the story. It's not like that. It's it like just a gut, like a gut punch thing or it's sad. Oh, okay. Uh, I want to say the stuff that's a spoiler because the spoiler is is what makes this game. Obviously, the way the information is conveyed, you know, it's all indirect storytelling or 99% indirect storytelling. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil it. Is it I'm not going to piece it together or whatever. Yes, there's a okay. lot of that. Yeah, there one is. Of, but one of these days, like I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play Silent Hill so we can have that conversation. Cause yeah, <laughs> when it happens, like yes, we've been waiting for yeah. a whole year after this podcast. We finally, have, yeah, I, I, I'll definitely play it. I will, guys. Be patient with me. <laughs> Two is the only video game I've ever played that has moved me to tears, and That's maybe moved is the wrong word because I wasn't like crying at a character death it was more of like god this game is so unbelievably fucked and depressing and terrible in its subject matter but damn if this isn't the most somehow beautiful i don't know whatever i don't want to get into spoilers because i'm 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 getting really close to that so (laughs) silent hill 2 is my number one by a country mile and yeah this was fun to make i had a blast I'm glad. Now everything has come full circle. <laughs> yes. So, Josh, as we normally start the podcast with, what have you been playing recently? Um, since I guess I guess since you and Rue last recorded. I gotta I got I gotta I gotta go get my stuff real quick. It's real quick. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry guys. Well that's all good. I'm looking at the time it's right now. And we're back. <laughs> Do you need to uh, eat real quick, or? Oh no, 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 we're good. I, I can good? wait. <laughs> yeah, I, I can wait. Okay. I just don't want to get cold outside, but yeah, I, I, we, can, we can wait. All right, so we'll start recording again, and let me go ahead and write the time to- time down. Hold on one second. I'm just writing the times that I see, so it makes it easier for editing. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, what have you been playing? <laughs> yeah. All right, ready? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Three, two, one. So, Josh, what have you been playing this past week, I get, or the past two weeks since you and Rue recorded? Well, that's hard uh, to say. <laughs> uh, let's start with the big one. The big one! Um, I've been playing the hell out of Breath of the Wild. Mm. I got, I didn't put in... So, not Tears of the Kingdom, right? Not You're playing yet. Breath of the Wild I'm, first. I'm, right. I'm taking my sweet-ass time with this one, because I, I don't want to just play it and rush it just to get to the new game, because I really want to... Uh, get the whole feel of it. I put in 120 hours in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. I was like, damn, I put so much time in that game. And, bro, I I, I think I told, like, I told Rue, like, last episode, was like, I, now, now um, since then, like, this game, I can see why people love it. And I love it, too, because it's just, I like the fact it does not hold your hand. It's not yeah, like tra- it's not like traditional storytelling. It's not even like how they do traditional open worlds and such, where you know you have a place you discover and it unlocks so many places you can go to. No, it's like you you see some, you can go on your map and you can mark it there if you want to see so where the location is at. And it's like hmm. you have you have to unlock the map and you have to make the waypoints as you see them. And it's just it it, it really pushes you to do discovery. And even like some people might say, "Oh man!" Like some people say, "Oh, this game is boring." Like it's not a boring game. It's, it's I just... have no idea where people get that because I had 120 hours of just pure fun in that game. Yeah, it, I, I think it's just people just want things happening so fast, and it's like this is one of those yeah. games where you have to be patient. You can't just rush it. It's like if you really just uh, sit there and let things be as they are at a slower pace, you can really appreciate for what it yeah. is. And it's just like. It's definitely slower paced than Tears of the Kingdom, I will say that. But can I make yeah. a recommendation for when you move on to Tears? What's that? Um, I think you should, after you're done Breath of the Wild, uh-huh. play something else, maybe two games, and then go to Tears. Probably that's what's going to happen. Because I, I, <laughs> I think after you play those and you moved on to Tears, you'll be like, oh, I missed this gameplay. And instead of like getting burnt out in yeah, that way. Getting that fatigue. But that's, just, that's just my opinion. <laughs> I mean, you could if you want to, but those... like I. I say that because those are two massive, massive games. They're yeah. huge. And Tears dwarfs Breath of the Wild. Tears is over twice as large. That's what I've been seeing. Yeah. So, yeah. so just, yeah. yeah, just 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 keep that in mind, like, when you're deciding what to play next. Uh, I, I, pro- I probably end up playing Tears because usually it'll yeah. probably, usually, like, it'll, I, 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 have, I have played, like, the trilogy of Mass Effect one two and three like oh okay the then back. yeah so this won't bother you at all it, then it won't it won't it won't bother me like if it was grand theft auto that's a different story i that <laughs> it's a whole different thing but basically yeah, yeah I, I love breath of the wild like i i just love like every piece of land is distinct and it's all it's, it's full of their own wonders uh i finally got the master sword i went to the freaking lost woods and i hate it I was fucking. My anxiety was going through the roof trying to figure out where I need to go to to find the Master Sword. And what's so cool, bro? You know what's so cool about it? Like I just love it. This, this game is so simple. You wake yep. up at a shrine, you walk outside, and your objective: defeat Ganon. Here That's is the, the game. <laughs> Here is the entire game. We yeah. are not gating anything behind anything. Yeah. You can walk up to Ganon with a stick if yeah. you want to, and try to whoop his ass. Yeah. 
It says, yeah, here's yeah, the game. Yeah. <laughs> or you can go here and figure out some other shit. And yeah. it, it, it does not. Oh, it's a very nonlinear uh, story. And it's like, I really appreciate that because it gives people the freedom to explore and play at their own pace. And it doesn't feel like you're just guided. Like, I love linear games. Don't get me wrong. But it's just mm. the freedom to play at your own pace is just something wonderful. Because, like, like I told you, I, I enjoy going to Zora's Domain. The Gora, that fiery place where all those people were at, then the Rito Village, and then uh, Gerudo. Do you have a favorite of the of of the four areas? This I this I, this I really want to know because everyone has a different pick. I think for me, what probably appealed to me the most was probably the Zora's Domain with all those fish-like people. Most, and, most people I ask say that it's yeah. it's gorgeous. It's it's stunning. Yeah, and then. Then the second one for me, it's like a tie between, I guess, Gerudo or Gerudo Village and Rito Village. Both similar. Yeah. It's just, I just love how vastly different they are. And yep. I can see why they got the, the, the inspirations from Skyrim and Shadow of the Colossus for, mo- for the most part, especially with those uh, Divine Beast battles. And it's just like, I see why this game won tw- game of the year in 20- 2017. I see why Mario lost to that. Like that that game itself was just s- something else though, but I could talk about it all day. But <laughs> I it's it's crazy cuz that was a that was an insane year and, and it's one of the only years you had that level of competition. You had two games that were open critic 97s. Yeah. up against each other. Mar- like Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which changed everything for open world games, and yeah. Mario Odyssey, which in my opinion is basically a flawless video game. Yeah. My, my my only complaint with Mario Odyssey is that for someone that's been playing them as long as I have, it's a bit on the easy side, but I'm not the target demographic skill, like when they're figuring out the skill of that game. Now there's yeah. post-game stuff that's nice and um, challenging, but it's it's nowhere near as challenging as something like Mario Galaxy 2. Yeah, that's a very, very minor complaint that the vast majority of people are not going to have with this game because it's a fucking Mario game and they're not wanting to go to like world two and get their ass completely handed to them. Yeah, it makes makes me wonder, too. It's it's like because I I never had any prior knowledge to the Zelda games, but from what it feels like, it felt like they wanted to make this game a little bit simpler for newcomers. And I guess it, it looked like it was like a soft reboot for the Zelda franchise where it didn't take away too much of what made Zelda cool for the friends, for, for mm-hmm. like core of audiences, but they brought something new for new people to just get in, to give it a try without feeling the need. You need to investigate the lore, what made Zelda this and that. Remember like the last one, I was like, I felt like the lore was so expensive, but then here is like no, the lore is is all secondary. The lore, and everything is all yeah. secondary. It's about the experience. We want you just to have a good time and play. And I'm like, I like that. It was very welcoming for first timers. Nintendo does not want you to get caught up in in the lore of Zelda. It's it's there for the people that want it to be there. Yeah, but it's very like exactly like you said. They just want you to self insert as Link and yeah. and and retell the legend now. It is kind of like a Resident Evil 7 in that it's a big departure yeah. that is meant to bring in new people. And guess what games achieve that goal to 
a very high standard. Resident mm. Evil 7 and Breath of the Wild both brought millions of new players into the, into their respective franchises. Yeah. Because 7 came out that year in January. We got sure Resident did. Evil 7 in January and then in back in 2017, and yeah. then we got Breath of the Wild in March. Sure Dog. Did. Those three months were nuts. I played through Resident Evil 7 five times before Breath of the Wild came out. Yeah. Loved that game. But, um, yeah, I, I, I actually have a question for you regarding, because we were br- bringing up Mario Odyssey. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I think that they're planning the next 3D Mario game to be a launch title for the Super Nintendo Switch. I'm going to call it that. We don't know what it's called. I'm going to oh, call man. it the Super Nintendo Switch. Because... To me, the Switch is like the NES in in the way that it's a completely, yeah, completely uncharted territory for Nintendo. It's like the, you know, their new thing now. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you think it's going to be another 3D Mario game that has no relation to, you know, the others, kind of like Odyssey was? Yeah. Do you think it's an Odyssey two, or do you think it's something out of left field like a Super Mario Galaxy three? Which, if it was that, I would lose my mind. I would scream. I would shout. I, the Holy Ghost would ever overcome me. I'd be on the floor <laughs> speaking in tongues. I think it'd be probably something out of left field. Cause you, oh, you yeah, really? I, I think I think it would be. I think usually with Mario, they 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 have like an idea, and they usually move on to something new. You know, uh, they always wanted something new. Kind of like yeah. Galaxy they have 2. the most unique new ideas yeah. of uh, any game franchise ever. Is yeah. is is the 3D Mario games? Because like I think Super Mario Galaxy Two, I don't think it didn't re- it didn't really need to happen. But I think the developers they had so many more like, creative ideas for levels, and it's like we couldn't we couldn't pass it up. So that's how you got. Yeah, uh, you're right. So and I think I think they want to bring something new. That's like not related to uh odyssey but something that's going to like oh we're gonna we're gonna show we're gonna show you guys something that we never done before we're gonna re i don't know i i I'm, i think it's gonna be something new i'm just i'm just curious so you think know. it'll be a standalone it's not gonna be like a two or a three to any of the other 3d mario it'll be think, its own thing yeah they they okay. always been they've been consistent with their gimmick because like sunshine is not it, it, it like it's kind of like like you say with zelda like every, every game kind of feels unique in its own because like Sunshine yeah. is is not it, it it does not feel yeah. or play much like sixty four. The same way with Galaxy does not they they do not feel Galaxy play. Two is the only example of that happening. It, yeah. It's it it's probably just a one time thing because yeah. they had they just had so many ideas. But a part of me thinks like man, how cool would a Super Mario Galaxy be with whatever the tech is of the Super Nintendo Switch? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm I'm gonna be like I think the best thing I, I loved about Mario, uh like I love Odyssey, don't get me wrong. But like no one talks about Bowser's Furies that much. Mm. They had the common they, they they actually made it a 3D environment with the uh 3D world mechanics and such. Like yeah, that's the fire odd. the fire like the like the fireball mechanics and things like that. And I'm like that's something I kind of wanted in a 3D Mario game. For, and for it, a and it wasn't isometric, right? Like, no, like, it wasn't. I it, just it was, how, it how does that 3, work? It was fully 3D and it, and it worked, especially wow. with the cat and with like, like the cat Mario suit you can climb up. It was made yeah. it cool for exploring. And I'm just sitting there as like, I think they might try something where they might combine the like everything from all the games and they're just gonna remix it up and give it something new. I, I, I don't know what what's gonna be, but I'm like, I'm, I'm. How do they not run out of ideas, man? 
<laughs> they they must be on some hard drugs because how do they not run out of ideas? They they, they they have more ideas in one trailer for their game than most franchises do you think, for new entries in their games. You think, I think part of the reason is, maybe this is like my, my Nintendo theory, they're not in a rush to make a sequel right after the next one. That's but, true. You know, they're like whenever they start working on something, I guess, I guess it takes years like, hey, we got an idea for it. Let's make, let's yeah. make something around Six that. Six plus years, yeah. That's, yeah. that's Zelda. That's That's Mario for sure. 3D Mario games come out once in a blue moon and when they yeah. do they always change it up because look odyssey probably would have you know done a bang up job if if breath of the wild didn't come out that year right because i'm thinking like so, super, yeah. like super mario we're not going to count lost levels because lost levels was basically an expansion of more super mario bros i don't but like lost levels meet nobody either but like if you look yeah. at super mario bros one to super mario bros three completely a generational leap for sure oh, yeah and and then the same for like three the world, yep. uh, sixty four, and like the rest was just history. It's like they always like reinvent something with their games yeah. all the time. Even new Super Mario Bros on the DS because yeah, those types of games weren't being focused on, and then they went back to the old Mario formula and brought it up to modern standards like mm-hmm. excellently. New Super Mario Bros. DS is an incredible fucking game. Yeah. One of the most replayable Mario games I've ever played. It's mm. so goddamn good. And then they reinvented the wheel again with New Super Mario Bros. Wii, which is another classic in my opinion. Bro. <laughs> two, I don't like, though. The go- the, 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 the golden, golden coins. The golden coins. Yeah, because, yeah, because the level design suffered. They they wanted to do this gimmick of, of coins everywhere, and it's like, okay, so we just have a bunch of one-ups. What's the point? And the, and the level design wasn't as good. It's like someone created a level for coins. It's like I just wanted to yeah. find all the levels are coins. It's like what is going on? Yeah, that's like you hit the the the, the Mario jackpot or something like that. Yeah. So but yeah, as, yeah. I'm like so. I'm hoping the next Mario game is something that's just interesting. The only thing is like I did really. I love Cappy as a companion. Oh, me too, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like if they. I don't know if they can because like. My fear is like the new game is like we're not gonna see Cappy again. It's like, yeah, right. but it's like I need him. Yeah, because it's because like there was at a time where you had PlayStation, they have their games, but where they have like you have like the well, uh, the main protagonist would be two characters. They're like tag yeah. partners. Like you had, yeah. you think, oh, Ratchet and Click were original. No, you wouldn't have that without Banjo-Kazooie. You had Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, Banjo-Kazooie, Jack and Daxter. Yeah, the, the, yeah. There's, there's quite a few of those actually that are like buddy duos for platformers or, yeah. or mascot characters. Back in the day, there was at least. Yeah, you know, you know, Sonic and Tails and it's just, like Mario didn't really have one. I mean, well, I mean Luigi. Mario but, and Luigi, yeah. But like, the, but, but, but Luigi wasn't like the the little sidekick guy. Like Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong fit that role better. Yes. Like, yeah, Luigi is technically a sidekick, but he's very much operationally just yeah. an, a, a Mario with slightly different stats in terms of your gameplay. Right. So we like we Donkey had like, and Diddy fit that a lot better. Yeah. So we so we had Mario and Cappy. It was like Cappy can talk. Cappy has personality. So what about Flood? Flood was just Flood. <laughs> I like Flood, but Cappy's better. Yeah, Cappy. I am yeah. your Flood operational companion. What Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Egad designed yeah. me Mario. Oh, yeah. my God. Great game. Sunshine, great game. I think I think 
Sunshine's biggest problem is the fact that it's not 30 frame or not 60 frames per second. I'm normally not like a huge, you know, frame rate perfectionist or anything like that, I, but 3D yeah. Mario games benefit greatly from the from the 60 frames per second. Because Speak. think about it this way. Yeah. And 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 this this applies to fighting games as well. Yeah. I think certain games are are fine to be at 30 frames per second. Certain games you really need the 60. Yeah. And when you're doing games with precise inputs and frequent inputs with that are combinations of the control stick and the button at the same time and stuff like that, like fighting games and like Mario games, because a lot of Mario's maneuvers, like yeah. um, you know, side hopping, it's especially when you're trying to do stuff fast, you're you're going crazy on the fucking controller. Yeah. You need the 60 frames per second. You oh, have yeah. more frames to 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 hit the inputs right. Yep. The best example I can think of to show people how big of a difference it is. Josh, do you remember the Wii U? Yep. Yep. <laughs> of course you do. We still, were like the two people on the planet that know it exists. <laughs> I still got it. <laughs> yeah, I still have mine too. There was a game on the Wii U called Pokémon Tournament. We have it on the Switch now, but it doesn't apply. Oh yeah, here. they came with the Switch. I forgot about that. <laughs> so yeah, the Switch version doesn't have this problem. But listen to this: to get around the hardware failures of the Wii U with with its terrible CPU, what they did uh, was if you were playing in multiplayer mode and you were online with your friends or you were playing against a computer, it would yeah. be sixty frames per second. However, if you played where one person played on the TV and the other person played on the gamepad in local multiplayer, which you could do, the game had to render that image twice, cut the frame rate in half in order to do this to 30 frames per second. Your combos that you're landing in trading mode on, on, on 60, you're dropping them in 30 frames per second. That's crazy. Because you go from having a three frame window to hit certain moves to one. That's terrible. That sounds so Not good for fighting games. Yeah, any anything requiring really fast and precise inputs, that sixty is invaluable. So that was a very long. I did not um, know that. Spiel. Yeah, just just a little fun fact. Um, I do have one more thing I want to ask you before we get to what I've been playing, Josh. Give me your quick first impressions, unless you haven't got the chance to spend any time with the game of Street Fighter Six. Uh, Cliff notes. I, I played a couple hours of it. I love it. Uh. Damn, clip loose version. Um, yeah, just just like you know, obviously, oh, you my, 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 a lot my, of time. My impressions of it is, I love it. It's um, I like the variety of the characters that we have at launch. That's eighteen compared to like I think eight or that's eight sad. Or sixteen eight. compared to like uh, Street Fighter Five. Everything is full of content. This definitely feels like. A game that's going to be lasting for a very long time, for sure. And yeah, there's so I, I concur. Yeah, and what's cool about it, like when you download the game, they have like a Master Chief kind of situation. Like you know, in the Master Chief collection, you don't have to download every game or game mode, uh, right? Just to have that, you can just download whatever you you could like delete certain parts and it wouldn't affect the overall. The you can sure. actually download the World Tour and Battle Hub mode, I believe. I remember I, I, you download portions of it. Which, okay, that's cool. That means it gives people something. That, oh, yeah. yeah so, so like, right. So there, because there are players that are only going to want to play multiplayer, right? And so they don't have to. They can literally just have the multiplayer on their console, and they don't yeah. have to worry about. Oh, that's such yeah. a good idea. More games need to do that. Yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty cool. Um, another thing, I love the fact that this game is crossplay. 
which yep. is something that is very mm. beneficial for fighting games in general. Um, this is a this is a lifestyle of the game. I can see you can create your character, go into the world tour mode, and have that same character you created go into the battle hub, which is basically you're in a big ass lobby and such. And some people say, "Oh, this lobby is not no the the lobby is it's it's a great way for friends to connect." And I can see people doing it for a long time. Like yeah, it feels like an Evo grand hall or something where you have all the setups and gamers are just walking around and i think that's the vibe they were going for yeah and then people can actually play with you like you 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 sit in front of an arcade cabinet and then someone can sit right in front of you and they play against you and they could and they can play against you as you're training and then you actually have a fight you can actually do rank modes in there while you're sitting in the lobby you can just goof around and then they actually have people that say this person has to win it 50 times in a row and they'll pull it out who it was and that's such. so cool yeah and uh, i and, love that yeah and i, I it, like right now it's like people say, oh there's not much to do i mean they might they might, they might get somebody might get bored after like first month or so but i think it's going to grow like as the, as the time will uh, pass on and it's just I think it just needs more yeah. characters, probably, which is what yeah. they're gonna do anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but eighteen characters at once—that's that's for a not... non-Smash Bros. fighting game. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's I mean, that's compared to Street Fighter Five, that's, that's so much better. Like this game has so much content, and um, Cliff knows where I look. I'm rambling a bit, but I'll no, say this: this is, this is fine. This yeah. is what I wanted. This, this, this is—I'll say this for a person like usually when I play a fighting game, I always do the arcade mode, which is ar- yeah. arcade character story mode, where it's basically. Eight to 12, 12 fights, find the character's beginning story to the end, and I go on from there. That's how I did it for tra- traditional uh, fighting games. What I what I notice, it feels like Capcom is bringing all the best elements from the history of Street Fighter games, and also Final Fight. For those that don't know, Final Fight was also a kind of like a sis like a a sister series, or it's related to Street Fighter. Yeah. They're, they're sharing it's like the a same, beat em up. Yeah, it's, it's it, they're in the same universe, so. Um, there are moments where uh, when you're fighting, they actually have to beat to beat up a car segment, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you can actually beat up a car like Street Fighter Two. There's also a moment where you, you have a parry mode where someone's throwing the basketball at you, and you can parry it. They brought these modes oh, back cool. from from these old school games, and it felt like not only it's a celebration of all the Street Fighter games they played in a year, but it's also something that's fresh and new, and it has a new attitude about it. And I'm just loving the direction Capcom is going for it. It's just uh, I just can't wait to play more of it. <laughs> yeah. The game's got an insane reception, so I think it's yeah, going. And, and, and it broke Steam records for a fighting game. Yeah, it's, it's the hype is real. Like it is, it, it's say, insane. Oh, like I, I, I feel like the King of Fighters is back. No pun intended to the actual King of Fighters series, but Street Fighter yeah. was Street Fighter is the King of Fighters. It's the one that popularized in the arcade markets, and yeah. it, has, it has reclaimed its throne. <laughs> Uh, like no. I would agree in the sense of like global understanding. Obviously, people are yeah. going to have their preferences in terms of like, yeah. oh well, you know, Tekken's mechanically better, Mortal Kombat's mechanically better. Yeah. I don't know about any of that. I don't have yeah. an opinion because I don't it, really play this, any of them. I, I'll say this: they can say all that, but they all have to pay respects to Street Fighter Two. Street That's Fighter Two is the one that made fighting games awesome for everybody. And I don't think had, anyone would argue against that. Yeah, you you that, can that, you that's can. Basically this a fact. is this is a fact. Street Fighter Two popularized it. It revitalized the arcade market. That do you, you yeah, think arcades too, but, yeah. but fighting games 
um, yeah. in general, basically yeah. all are because of Street Fighter 2. Yeah, because of Street Fighter 2, you wouldn't have taken Virtual Fighter, Mortal Kombat, all of these games that saw Smash. was Street Fighter. Yeah, same thing. Honestly, yeah. probably Smash Bros. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, all these companies they saw what Street Fighter Two was doing. It was like cool, and it's like it's it's. Ha- I'm happy for Street Fighter because like, it felt like Tekken was carrying the fighting game drama on his back, rightfully so. Because like, yeah, Street Seven Fighter- did absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and now it's like Street Fighter's like, okay. No, we're gonna take this a lot more seriously. We're not gonna. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go back to our rules. We're gonna give something that's fresh, new with an attitude, and we're gonna and we're going to show people what we're about. And I'm like. It, it's, it's it looks bro. I'm, I'm just happy. I'm just happy with it, bro. That's all I can say. <laughs> Capcom is on fire. Um, yeah. But yeah, I gotta I gotta tell you y'all what I've been playing. I, again, a bunch of indie horror games. Um, yeah. A lot of those playthroughs are on the channel. Um, I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom. I don't want to go too in depth with it because I'm kind of gathering my thoughts about the game. But it's it's one of the best games I've ever played. I seen. I can bro. say that. <laughs> you know, de facto. Um, right now I'm playing also on stream I'm playing a game called the Tartarus key, which is like a bunch of people are trapped in, in a spooky mansion and you're working with not other, like, you know, you're working with NPCs as part of a narrative to try to solve all these puzzles and escape and to save other NPCs. If you fail to solve the puzzle correctly, they'll actually die and be removed from your playthrough. So... It's pretty interesting. And I have like a permanent. Because like the first one, like, like the first guy I tried to save is gone. Oh. I did not save him, and I was like, "Oh, is the game gonna give me the game over?" Nope. You he, keep right on with your playthrough. Oh, he, oh he's perma dead. <laughs> he's dead. So he's taken <laughs> out of the narrative, basically, and oh. it's interesting to see how that works. So yeah, I'll have more thoughts on that game the next podcast recording for sure. But the puzzles are very intelligent, and I I love puzzles in horror games. So yeah. Um, kind of- Kind of yeah. reminds me like like the beginning of Sweet Home. <laughs> yeah, you're. I mean, the whole game takes place in this, literally, in in a big scary house with creepy rooms and odd puzzles of you know dealing with like demonic imagery and 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 just odd stuff. Like, picture a game mm. that takes like the best and most interesting Resident Evil and Silent Hill puzzles, and that's the game is doing those. With oh, a narrative. Okay. So no no combat of any kind or anything like that. Like this is very much a puzzle game. It's you know, cool. I've been wanting to ask. Uh yeah. in survival horror in general, I never really thought about it, but like I guess what is really the purpose of puzzles in survival horror games when you think about it? Is it to break up the pace or can it also bring yeah. tension to solving it while you have I-, I always wondered that. Because there's so, so there's so an important element in every survival horror game. Yeah, they are, and it's weird because you normally wouldn't think that they fit, but I I think it's a combination of a couple of things you mentioned. I do think tension is a part of it. I think it's supposed to be a break first and foremost from the tension of like the combat scenarios and the uncomfortable low ammo scenarios and stuff like that. But then as you solve the puzzle. I very much think that having those aha moments dispersed throughout the playthrough is vital to keeping people playing the game. Mm. Um, And you have to strike that 
that balance between something that's way too cryptic and weird where people just get stuck for hours yeah, yeah, and yeah. then having something that is so baby easy you don't have satisfaction from it. And because of the general pacing of survival horror games, I feel like puzzles actually fit well in them. And also puzzles can have that creepy imagery very easily that survival horror games have. Like Resident Evil and Silent Hill are filled with puzzles like that. Yeah. Like like creepy paintings are involved or scary stories somehow are involved that you have to read and, and decipher a code from or something like that. So yeah, mm. that's a that's a interesting question, but I do hope that they stick around in the genre. I, I think, think I think I think they will. It's it's a pillar of survival horror is is having good intelligent puzzles that thematically and aesthetically fit the rest of the world around you. I think that's really important too. You you wanna know the worst thing you can do to me in a survival horror game? Jump scare? Not a jump scare. Put me in a <laughs> you put me in a maze. Oh. That's the worst thing you could do to me is put me in a maze and someone's chasing me and I gotta solve things. It's, hey, that's the worst thing you can do for me. Yeah. So like the Resident Evil Four Garden Maze. Yeah, that one is, was was one for example. I'm like, oh fucking mazes. Why? Why? I, yeah. <laughs> that part is. Mm. Um. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing. Um. You know. Curious what you guys have been playing recently. I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. But, you know, as of recording, Street Fighter and Diablo, I think, are both playable now. So we got some amazing games coming out this year. This is a this is a stacked year, man. They're going to keep coming, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. We're ha- like halfway through the year. And, yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot more stuff um, on the horizon. We've had some pretty interesting remakes this year. And speaking of which. Oh, snap. Yeah. They're back. The segues are back. Speaking of which, Josh, for our chance time question of the day, our question where we get to, uh, you know, break up the pacing a little and ask each other something (laughs) out of left field that might not be related to what we're talking about for the rest of the episode. Josh, what's up? What's the worst remake ever made? Worst remake ever made. The worst remake, because we've had a year of fantastic remakes. And I just had this thought before we started recording. We had the Dead Space remake, such a great game, and looks mm-hmm. next gen visual showcase. We've had Metroid Prime Remaster, which is honestly closer to a remake with how ma- how much changes they made to the visuals and the uh, yeah. game feel. And then, of course, the granddaddy of them all, Resident Evil Four remake, masterpiece, undoubtedly. What was the worst remake you've ever played, or Damn. maybe? That is so bad, you haven't even attempted to play it because you know how terrible this shit is. That is a very good question. I have to, I would have to well, sit there and think about it. Cause it's okay, so I'll go first then. <laughs> um, give you a little time to think. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> this remake, I didn't touch. Okay. But there is not a person on God's green earth that would argue against me. And that is the <laughs> Silent Hill 2 and 3 remake bundle. After yeah. Konami lost the source code to those games. Yeah. Um, they remade it with new voice acting and Comic Sans text on some of the signs. And the remakes are so bad, even from an aesthetic point of view, like, you know, ignoring the Comic Sans bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Aesthetically, in terms of, like, the mood, the fog, the way the game's supposed to look, uh-huh. they are so bad that the community at large is basically, like, if you can't find a way to play the PS2 copy or emulate the game, mm. just watch someone else play it on YouTube. 
Like they are <laughs> recommending that you do not play these under any circumstances, basically. Like if this is your only option is to play these remakes, mm-hmm. just go watch a playthrough on YouTube. That's terrible. That's that's how you know you have fucked up beyond you know, beyond any any semblance of of understanding because like good lord. I almost bought them too. I was like, "Oh, Silent Hill 2 and 3, it's on sale in the Xbox store." Mm-hmm. And I did some research and found out what they were really like and all the changes that were made and I was like, "Dear god." <laughs> Konami. What are you thinking? Do you do you have a pick maybe or or maybe one that I'm, I'm trying to think. I think I don't know if this one really count. Go for okay, it. Okay, so like I love I lowkey like Dead Rising for the Xbox sure. 360 and this is they actually made the Dead Rising uh, chop to you drop for the Wii. Even Discount. They, Discounts. They, they they did, and this one it felt like it, they, it, it's 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 not the same. It's not the same experience as the 360. <laughs> I heard it was fucking it was, horrible. It, it, it was it, 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 it was like they took. It's like they it was like a Resident Evil Four engine Dead Rising game, and you couldn't explore certain places without because you had things that were blocked off or whatever. So you go, you know, the 360 with that technology you can explore so many places and so you have to you don't have to worry about stuff but no there are places where they have wall gaps you can't climb over stuff you are very grounded for the most part and it's just it felt like a whole completely different game it's It's like dead rising almost on rails yeah if it's it's you you will you'd be like oh this is you would rather play i I feel bad for the weed people who play who played it Dude, we got so many bad versions of games. Like, yeah. oh my god, the Call of Duty Four we got for the Wii. We, you know, Dead Rising. Um, there, there were so many bad, like, different versions. The Dead Rising one was weird because it came out. I think it came out way after Dead Rising on Xbox, so it was kind of like a remake or a reimagining of Dead Rising. But sometimes you just got really shitty ports that were yeah. complete afterthoughts mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I got another one too yeah. sure yeah tony hawk pro skater hd for the 360 oh was it was it, it that was, bad it was a remaster of the ps1 game this, this is before they actually did the actual remake for the for the, uh sure the, the ps4 no this one it was it was slower it didn't feel as uh, precise as the other one, and it, it it was just. I think I've heard about that before. Yeah, actually, it was it, it was not a good. It was not, it was it, it was worse than your original. Like, if you make a remaster of, of of an original game, and it's worse than that. That's not good. I could also say Grand Theft Auto, the definitive, uh, the trilogy. Oh my god! That, I didn't I, even I, think about yeah, those. that 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 one's on there too. I think because it, it's just. It's oh no. Really, the- those, te- those should never yeah. have been sold. Yeah, on the graphics and the technical thing, it's just it's it's so. It was a half-assed rush job. Yeah, now now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it's Grand Theft Auto Definitive, uh, the trilogy. What it's called? Yeah, that's probably like the worst one for me. Even though Not I I bad. I enjoy playing them, but in comparison to the like the PS2 original counterparts, it's god awful. I you're better off playing the PC version, downgrading it through mods just to enjoy it that way <laughs> like yeah it, it's 
a true failure of a remake yeah. is if it is a significantly and objectively worse experience than just playing the originals. Yeah. And there's no doubt. Every everything regarding the visual aspect of the definitive edition of San Andreas is mm-hmm. or like the Grand Theft Auto trilogy is unbelievably terrible. Yeah. I I've have never seen character models that bad, honestly. Like Maybe Jump Force has some awful character models too, but um, God, I, yeah, I'm with you 100%. Good pick. Yeah, yeah that that's that clears the others. Um, I although tra- I, I I still I, think Silent Hill is at that level. No, of Silent bad. Hill is pretty bad. I, I even trashed GTA 5, the enhanced version for the PS5, when they kept yeah. re-releasing it. And you looked at it, it's like, there's nothing. It's literally the same damn the game. Same. It doesn't even look fucking <laughs> hardly different at all. No, it does not. And what made it worse when I got inside the car in first person mode and I saw how blurry the textures is, I'm like, yo, this is ass. And people are like, why are you complaining about textures? I'm sorry. Um, textures, in some video games, not all textures are big deals, but when it's noticeable, you know this shit look washed and saturated or it's just look like an image. Especially when it's supposed to be the definitive version of the game. They're selling yeah. this as the definitive and best version of the game. It mm-hmm. better look like the definitive and best version of the game, yeah. too. Because you're like, asking us to buy a game three times, basically. Yeah. And they said, well, they sold it for like 10 or 20 bucks. Why are you mad? It's like, it's not. They charge money uh, for it. it. You can't criticize something people are charging money for. That's, right. that's ridiculous. And then, and then they added a whole subscription thing to it uh, yeah. for GTA Plus as well. And it's like, ridiculous. Oh, it should have been a free fucking update for, yeah. for, for the PS5 and, and, yep. and, xbox versions of the game yeah so, that, and that's but, and that's why i'm waiting for when they announce gta 6 i'm not buying any other rockstar games until they announce that i'm not <laughs> i got i got a buddy that told me um a lot of the real talent behind rockstar in terms of the higher-ups and the people that kind of choose the directions of these games was gone after red dead 2 oh yeah so i don't know how again that's just what he told me he's a big grand theft auto guy so i'm gonna take him at his word Oh yeah, um, Dan. Uh, yeah, Dan Hauser, the writer who wrote some of the best narratives in in, in GTA and Red Dead, is he's he's he uh, walked away from Rockstar, I think, a few, a few years ago. So, so right yeah. after Red Dead Two, yeah, right after Red Dead Two. So it's like I don't know how the stories are going to be interesting because like his writing and everything since GTA Three has been like so phenomenal and work. I'm not gonna lie, but it's like. Him they being not care about the story that much anymore, man. Look at probably like, not. The, the story's not what's getting them their money. It's the it's the yeah, GTA so online games as a service shit, and they yeah. can have Red Dead be their story franchise and GTA be their bullshit. But I I do think with GC with Red Dead Two, especially the narrative, it's risen the bar so high because like you're you're playing for the story now more than the actual gameplay itself, and sure. Yeah, I, I think most people, people play Red Dead 2 for the story. Yeah, and now when you see in GTA 6, you're going to expect similar things in the story, and it might be in dipping quality. You know, I never know. Yeah, so that's a good point. Um, yeah, and I kind of on this on this same train of, you know, disappointing remakes and you know worst worst remakes, whatever. <laughs> um, I want to talk. You brought this up oh, yeah. uh, about the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake, mm. and. You were like, what do you think about that? And then I was like, you'll hear what I think about it on the podcast. And then we literally just started recording. So let's talk about that because that announcement was met with a lot of excitement. 
It did. Yeah. And then you sit down and you realize, wait a minute. When was the last time a Konami team not led by Hideo, you know, Hideo Kojima? Yeah, yeah. And you think about that and you're like, huh. Well, it wasn't Castlevania Lords of Shadow because mm-hmm. I hate those games. Some people might like them, but I think they're they're mediocre action games that that and they're also shitty Castlevania games. They westernized that. <laughs> so it wasn't Metal Gear Survive with the zombies. Nope. Absolutely not. What was the last banger game a Konami team has made? I can't think. Dude, uh, Castlevania Order of Ecclesia on the DS? And that was Koji Igarashi, so that was his beauty. And he, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. So their an internal team is working on this game. They're using the same voice actors. Um and the voice actors are not re-recording the line. So it's the exact same speech and the exact same dialogue delivered the exact same way. Mm. But while on paper, people that don't understand game development, including myself, think, oh, well, they're just, you know, it's a it's a remake. They're just kind of remaking the visuals and stuff like that. Mm. Obviously, game development is much more complicated than that. Do yeah. we think that Konami is going to completely nail this and deliver an awesome remake. I don't think so. I don't. I, I think don't it's going it to launch with problems. I yeah. I just. I don't think you. I don't think the execution would be there. I mean, plus, dude, this is like Hideo Kojima project. Yeah. It's his brainchild. Like, that's, that's his brain, and it's like it's one of those things where it's it's not like Resident Evil Two, where you can like reimagine stuff, and it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, no, these are very captivating stories with great character moments and meaningful themes and such. And this is something when you try to remake it, it's like you had to remake it as a Zack of storytelling and execution. You can't, just re- you can't really reimagine Hideo Kojima's work. So, so nothing is being reimagined. Like I just, I just want to make sure that that's clear for ever, everyone listening. Yeah. Nothing's being reimagined. The game is identical in terms yeah. of this, the situations that you're, it's, it's like yeah. the demon souls PS five remake. It's right. the same exact game but they're completely overhauling the engine and the visuals and stuff like that. Yeah. But do we trust them to do that? Right. I, no, don't. I don't. And Look, I'm very skeptical. You know, it was funny. I was watching this from young, uh, young yes page. And okay. Everybody wanted to know who's developing it. That yep. was a big question. Nobody knew who was developing it. They said they put a statement. It says development team it was like, we want to know who's developing it. And people theorized, I mean, well, it, it has been confirmed, but they were theorizing that it was Konami's internal team that's developing it. And it's been confirmed through some digging or whatever uh, that, yeah, it's their internal team that's working on uh, the yeah. remake. And it's that like... It doesn't give me confidence at all. Yeah, that's that's what's, that's, that's what's kind of scaring me because it's just like... Because uh, they already... I mean, let's be real. For those that don't know, Konami had a very bad reputation since 2014, 2015. It, I mean, it all started with uh, the how they treated the workers, and then them canceling what could have been Silent Hills. There was another Hideo Kojima project at the mm-hmm. time, yep. and um, and then they and they basically, I guess you say dissolve all the AAA development, and they wanted to make pachinko machines. They really yeah. wanted to be in the the mobile market, and they they weren't making games yeah, like for a long ass time. That's why I can't even remember the last time they made a banger. So I don't know what dev teams they have. 
yeah. none of the Silent Hill projects are being made by internal uh, internal yeah. um, Konami teams, right? It's Bloober team, and one is like uh, being led by some anime writer. But I don't, yeah. I don't think I don't think any of them are Konami. Damn, it really makes me wonder that the fallout if the fallout happened a lot sooner in, in the early two thousands. Because, like, after, because I, I didn't play Silent Hill, but, like, I, I do know that yeah. Silent Hill 4 The Room was, like, the last game team uh, Silent made that were Japanese developers until that whole dissolved, and they went with Western developers to make Silent Hill games, and I heard they were decent, but they didn't really hold up as much as the original four games. Yeah, I can I can kind of just give a quick um, cliff notes on that comment, because um, generally, you're right, Josh, they're, yeah. they're some some Silent Hill fans... Um, really l- like and have fallen in love with a few of the titles. I'm yeah. not quite as harsh on them as a lot of people are, but yeah. um, and I think that Silent Hill Shattered Memories is a fantastic game, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't call any of the other Western ones fantastic. And they were making good DS games. Mm-hmm. They made great Castlevania games on the DS, but yeah, they did. I just I don't trust them as far as I can throw, man. I don't, and I have no faith that this remake is going to be a banger. It even though it, it should be a simple job compared to other remakes like the Dead Space remake or or the Resident Evil 4 remake or something like that. But yeah, like this is this is Konami we're talking about. This is not Capcom. Yeah, because before Capcom and Konami were like neck and neck when it came yeah, to Konami the Yeah, Konami was the shit back yeah, in the day. They were they were they were both neck and neck when it came to the game. And it's like Konami kind of just drifted apart over the years and it just never like pick back up what what they left or so, and then and then the structure change has really caused a significant uh, dent to their reputation. Yeah, big structure change, huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 bleh, bleh. Josh, it was a good thing you brought that up before we recorded the podcast because I did <laughs> want to kind of talk about that. Um, I want to talk about one more game from the showcase too. Again, I don't want to make this about the showcase. I feel like every content creator. And their grandma has a showcase opinion, but I do want to talk about the Phantom Blade Zero game with you, Josh. Oh! <laughs> I don't think that that game is real. Really? And as crazy of an opinion as that sounds, I'm going to tell you what the facts are, and you okay. tell me if, if if your mind's been changed at all. Because when I heard people saying that, I was like, that's ridiculous. We literally saw it. Uh-huh. The game has been in development since 2022. Does any game you've ever seen after a year of development, look like that game? No. No. We know this is part of the Chinese initiative project for Chinese developers that seem really talented. Yeah. What has come of that Black Sun Wukong game? Nothing. We've seen these insane trailers for like six, seven years. Yeah. It it feels like, and nothing. Mm. Look at the gameplay again of that Phantom Blade Zero game. A lot of people have been looking at that gameplay really closely. What inputs would people be doing on the uh, on the controller to perform some of those moves? Hmm. You look very closely, and it doesn't look like anything that's being done with a controller, unless they're just holding a button and animations are playing. But it all looks like a pre-animated fight, and they definitely wouldn't have mechanics that advanced done in a year. You know, fun- that team's last game or last three games, I think, were yeah. all. Um, hand-drawn, um, free-to-play mobile games that were, like, turn-based and shit like that. And you're telling me they made that in one year? I think Sony showed vaporware 
course, like basically like a game that they did not really show a what that game is going to actually look like. My it was funny. My brother said that to me. He says that he was kind of concerned about the gameplay because it looked too good to be true. It doesn't make any sense. We uh, said it developed from a year. Twenty twenty two, man. That's just yeah, no way. They were they were planning before that, but d- actual development. That game looked almost finished. Yeah. So I think unless was it like a statement to say that they were planning and then they started working on it from 2022 or because I don't because I know they have like stages when they do develop it. I don't. I think I, Sony wanted a hype trailer to show at their showcase and they got one. I think I, that's what I, it was. I hope the product is like what it is. I don't want. I do too. I, I would I love really, to play a game like that because what really caught my eye was just the yes, it was the animations. It was just something we don't see. Insane. Yeah, it was just it was beautiful, and I'm like, I, I want to see something that was that was the one I, I I enjoyed that more than the Spider-Man Two show, the last showcase. I'll be honest with you. I'm with you. Yeah. If if that game was as as we saw, let's just pretend that all my skepticism is is unfounded, and that game ends up being like what we saw. Yeah. I would be way more interested in Phantom Blade Zero than I would Spider Man Two. Yeah, that's. It's I'm like, more interested in Dragon Dog Dragon's Dogma Two than I am Spider Man Two. Full yeah, stop. That too. People are like, oh, why you just hate? No, it's like, and 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 for the people, guys, for those that don't know, if you haven't checked my TikTok, I have made a video. I said Spider Man Two will not win Game of the Year. Reason being because people saw that trailer and they were up in the they were they were so excited they they automatically said that Spider Man Two is going to win Game of the Year based off. A ten plus minute trailer. Yep. And and the game is not even out. Like basically, it, the message of that video was you saying like, yeah, you guys need to wait for these games to fucking right. come out before. But then you know it 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 could be. I think it's up against the world. But yeah, of course, there's there's absolutely a chance. But you can't just say, oh, game of the air trailer. And it's saying you're going to beat Tears of the Kingdom. I'm just like, you are up against the world, my and friend. I, and I said, listen, I thought God of War Ragnarok was going to win Game of the Year. And I was wrong. Elder Ring won a game of the year, and I'm just like, you'd be surprised by the by the game. And then, you know, but it, it, it's just, I think now what's crazy since we mentioned the showcase a little bit. Yeah, I ahead. see a lot of pe- I, I see people's frustration why people were were not happy with the showcase compared because I didn't I did not know that they had a showcase two years ago. I thought it was just state of play. It, it's always been a state of play thing, but. To come back and give a, I guess, lackluster show, I see their frustrations. Yeah. Okay, let's. I'm actually glad you brought that up. Let's let's go ahead and dive into that a little yeah. bit here. Um, yeah, yeah. So, just to catch you guys up, um, Josh was right. Basically, after the PlayStation Showcase, um, this this past these past two weeks have been the worst PlayStation has had press wise. Yeah. Um, probably since 2007 with or 2006 with the announcement of the PlayStation 3. It's been a very bad couple of weeks for PlayStation. Yeah. Um, their their showcase was received so poorly that people are calling into question, and a bunch of PlayStation dev teams had to release statements and stuff like that. People are calling into question like whether Jim Ryan knows what the hell he's doing. We went two years without a PlayStation showcase. And just to Mm -hmm. put that into perspective, PlayStation does things a little different than Nintendo. Nintendo has, like, on average, three directs a year, three indie worlds a year. You'll get, like, one or two first-party big announcements in each of uh, the regular directs and big indie announcements in the indie worlds, et cetera. So it's more spaced out. PlayStation saves all their first-party announcements traditionally for the showcases. 
they they give you like what their next two years are going to look like basically coming to PlayStation. We went two years with radio silence with the only games we we knew about being yeah. Spider-Man was coming to PS5 and Wolverine. Right. They have a showcase and the excitement is nuclear because we've heard nothing from PlayStation for two years about their first party plan for PS5. Guess what we know about their first party plan for PS5 after watching that hour long showcase. Spider-Man 2 is coming out. And they talked about three games as a service games that are also coming day one to PC that, <laughs> to be honest, one of them looked like shit. Um, Helldivers looks cool. But again, they're games as a service. They're not they're not single player um, PlayStation bangers that they're known for. Yeah. It's like Nintendo talking about fucking Ninjala in a direct and calling that like a banger, a banger announcement. Like, no, <laughs> like, like. That 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 heist game is is not it. Helldivers, I think, is going to be good, but you can only have you can only have that many games as a service announcements if you're putting out those first party single player bangers too. And they're not two years of waiting yeah. for that shit. Yeah, two years, and now you're going to have me wait again. And we're 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 three years into the generation with PS5, bro. Yeah, Pocky Sony from PS3 is back in full force in the Jim Ryan era. That PlayStation yep. you knew and loved from PS One, Two, Four, not what we're not what we have right now, man. Nope, not what we have. Nintendo right now is the only company consistently putting out first-party single-player bangers. Yeah, Most and it definitely. blows my mind to say that. Now PlayStation has been putting them out, like we get like God of War and stuff like that, but the, yeah. none of them are PS Five exclusive. In, yeah. in like they're they're still relying on PS Four tech as well, and then there's not we're not getting them soon enough. I think what's crazy too is because uh, I'm I'm not gonna lie when I did watch it, but before the Spider Man thing came out, I was frustrated. I was I think I I was like annoyed because yeah. Spider Man looked great. Yeah, it did. Spider- yeah, it, it did. But it it did remind me how Xbox did their showcase too, where it's very similar to how they had the third party in that, and it was just like you nailed uh, it. Yeah, because like there was a game I saw at the Xbox showcase that I just saw with the PlayStation one. It was about that that platformer in the in the book. I remember I can't remember the, it's an indie game. Uh, the Plucky Squire. Yeah, that was in the Xbox showcase, and now I'm seeing it in the PlayStation showcase, and I'm like, hmm, I see. That's that another great point. Yeah, most and of I, the games they showed, like ninety percent of them, are also coming to Xbox. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like what are we doing? Yeah, what are we doing, PlayStation? This isn't what we want to hear about in an hour-long show. Yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd rather go take a shit and <laughs> and fucking and and scroll on Reddit for an hour. And I think too, what makes this so bad? I think they announced that what that portable tech thing you can oh play. Oh my god! Who the f- like who's gonna like you gonna buy spend a shit ton of money on a thing just so you can. Play the same game you already play on a shooter when you can have don't I think don't have like remote play on your phone and yeah uh, I was like why why are we doing that <laughs> y'all want to hear some bullshit that's mm. Josh you you you've opened the floodgates there's no going back now oh yeah there's no go- well, this is about to be people can comp- like I don't know if anyone complained about us talking shit on Xbox but man PlayStation. They I'm ripping they- you a new asshole right now <laughs> because that Project Q Light is the most useless piece of technology I have ever seen in the gaming industry uh, yep. since the fucking Wii U, practically. And Basically. at least the Wii U had games. Listen to this shit. <laughs> Listen to this, Josh. This is a handheld device that you that you buy separately. Yeah. It only remote plays. 
And I want you to really hone in on what I'm saying there. It is not a cloud streaming device. You don't stream PlayStation Now games to this like you can your phone. Can yep. you remote play to your PS5 with your phone? Yeah. And you can just buy the backbone with it to just turn it into basically a Switch. Mm. Can you can you stream PlayStation games to your phone? Yeah. So they're releasing an inferior device that you have to pay more money for. And because it's a remote play device, you still have to own a PS5 to use it. <laughs> you have to own a PS5 in your home to use this. And they're probably going to charge like $250 for it. Yeah. It has a four, it has a three to four hour battery life. What are we doing? I hope it flops. <laughs> it is going to flop. It is going to flop massively. I don't, I don't hope it thing. I hope it flops. I really do. <laughs> and guess what platform after the showcase still isn't getting games? PSVR 2 still doesn't have a killer app. Nope. So we, we are we all rushing to the store spending $550 for this thing, which you also have to own a PlayStation 4 in a world where the MetaQuest 3 just got announced, and that's a standalone $500 headset that you can use with the PC, or yeah. you can use it standalone? I'm what are that. we doing? <laughs> why is why is PlayStation so bad at making any other product that isn't a video game console? Like, just, they're so good at the home console, and they're so shit at everything else. It's like they're becoming Sega. Oof. I said Ooh. it. I said it. Yeah, we're going to Take it there. back. No. We're, nah, we're going to get there because that's. They get into a situation where you start to bite off more than you, what you can chew. And you start giving fans things yeah. that they don't want for. They will too many turn, products, man. Yeah, too, too many, many fucking yeah, products. That's what happened to Sega. Sega was that Sega was booming with the Genesis, especially in America. Sega Japan and America didn't have they they couldn't come to an agreement in certain terms. Japan was very cocky. They was like, release these. Let's release a CDI. We don't have any captivating yeah. games. The CD, no, the C, not CDI, the CD, the second CD was basically a, yeah. a gimmick to watch. You could play games and watch movies on and play music. Had like two good games. Yeah. Then he had the Sega 32X, which was basically a powerful version of the Genesis, but requires a, requires you to pay $150. And if you already pay $150 for the CDI, CD thing as well, that's like $300 altogether. And you can stack them and build, like, this fucking transformer of a looking yeah. Sega house. And obviously, like, it's not like that to that degree, but but I see yeah. I see the parallel you're making because yeah. all they, of that research and development should have gone toward yeah. getting games on this thing, man. And then then they released the Sega, Gen Sega Saturn the year later, making, making customers upset. It felt like y'all was abandoning the customers who really wanted games. It's yeah. all, and, and then... And then y'all bit off more than you can chew because you you focus on the technology and not the long term investment of how we're gonna get many fans to put you know buy for this stuff and I see this happening right now and I ain't saying they're gonna jump ship but it's just like you gotta really uh don't bite off more than you can chew because it will backfire and then yeah. you'll be right back to struggling in the PS3 days and it's like that's exactly what happened they got so cocky with the PS2 we're gonna release the PS3 with an insane amount of money and such, and then you had the whole Linux and everything that no one really give a fuck about, which made it hard for developers and everything. that. It's mm. a whole different conversation, but basically, it's it, just yeah, it's frustrating, especially think, when the hype for that showcase was at a galactic level, and it was yeah. such a letdown, dude. 
Yeah, the PS, the VR stuff people were pissed off about. I remember people were pissed off. <laughs> Resident Evil 4 in VR, and I was like... Yeah, they still don't have a fucking killer app for that for that VR, and they want people to pay $550 for it. They just announced the next slate of games, and none of them... One of them's a game that's been on the Oculus. Or, or no, one of them is uh, Resident Evil 8 VR. Yeah. And just none of them, none of them look... I I wish y'all never made the PSVR two. I wish y'all aren't. We're not making the Q Lite, and I wish every fucking bit of money that's going toward research and development was just going toward games. Yeah. Put some double A games. Put some first. Why isn't like why why not do look Xbox has has just been fucking up. But yeah, at least they do have those smaller double A first party titles like Hi Fi Rush and Pentiment. Yeah, that yeah. are that are coming. Like, imagine if PlayStation had those two along with their massive blockbuster games. It wouldn't feel like this. It would feel nope. like we're always having first party stuff to experience. And yeah. they want, dude. Their business report said they want sixty percent. This is from PlayStation. I'm not making this shit up, Josh. Mm-hmm. They want sixty percent of their finances and resources to be going toward games as a service by 2025 with 40% going toward the first part like the single player games that they're known for. So what are we be, doing, bro? So they oh God. Could you imagine if Nintendo said that? Holy it, it, it's, fuck. It's, it's it's kind of funny cuz it's like I have criticized PlayStation for just being only single player and not focus that and not being balanced enough to do and now they switch completely but now but now it's like they want to do multiplayer and they're gonna fail i'll be honest they're gonna fail at with multiplayer and then they're gonna jump right back to single player because y'all don't have a killer rep for multiplayer right now no some of those projects will fail you are right what now will some of them make it through and be profitable absolutely but you can't have that many games as a service games that everyone is playing and financing at one time yeah like there's no way and they want people to be playing destiny on their platform yeah how many games as a service games do you think we have time for playstation like working people like multiplayer is an investment and there's only so many room people have it's only so many room uh, for games people people have the time for and that that's gonna that's gonna be a a, a disaster you know some people some people just want a simplified multiplayer game that's not riddled with all this live service bs they just want to play something that's simple yeah. but you, investment into really- like yeah i i it's I- so many games have fall, like came and fall, and like Anthem is a prime example. Could have been something more, fell, and it's like Rumbleverse. Oh, was another one that happened recently. Like Damn. so many games, games and service games have been going down, and and literally to your point, it's like you knew exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. When we say PlayStation, we want more multiplayer. We're not talking about fucking games as a service online only games. We're talking about shit like Mario Kart and Smash Bros that I can play online with my friends. Well, Smash Online sucks, but theoretically I can play online with my friends or we can play locally together. We're talking about those kind of multiplayer experience. Multiplayer experiences that make memories with the people you care about. Not always online games as a service microtransaction games. Yes. That's not what we mean when we're talking about multiplayer PlayStation. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like, sure, it can be online, but local shit too. That'd be nice yes. to have on your shiny new yes. platform. Yeah, like, why does it have to always be like 
well, you log into the server and, uh, okay, well, here's the currency. Here's the login bonus rewards. Damn, I just like to turn a game on and play, and, you know, some fucking time. How many times you play a live service game and you're immediately annoyed by the notifications you see? Oh, my God. It's, it's, a, U, it's a UI disaster. And yeah. also, dude, I, I, who do you know that's playing, like, four live service games at once? Yeah. Do you know anyone that does you know. that? You know what else, dude? Stop trying to stop. Not every video game needs to be a social media space either. I don't want to no. see that shit. <laughs> yeah. You can find Josh Statics in big gaming on TikTok. And this, <laughs> there's your social media platform. Right it was like, I, I, it's just like, I don't care. Like, I don't care who I'm going to be. Fr it's, well, some game is cool, but not every video game needs that. And then, too. Most of them have done yeah. it terribly. I'm with you. Yeah. And then, you know what's, what's funny? Not to go too on the deep end. Uh, but, uh, I literally was talking to a buddy of mine at work and we were talking about cosmetics and video games. And I said, uh, I think we were talking about Diablo four or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but something we were talking about, like, you know, mm -hmm. how Activision, uh, we believe Activision fucked over Blizzard, you know, that's a whole different debacle in itself. But basically, uh, there was a point of conversation. I'm like, I'm getting sick and tired when whenever we talk about frustrations with microtransactions, I don't want to keep hearing things like, oh, it's microtransactions, but it's only for cosmetic. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear that shit no more about cosmetics and microtransactions. I, I, because I think it, that, that, it's a weak point to argue now, especially when it comes to shit where you have to grind your fucking ass off to uh, a, 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 yeah. a, a in a paid video game. Yeah, in a, in game a paid you pay video dollars for. Yes. I, I don't, don't want you can you can you can charge me for farting in a free to play game. <laughs> it's look, it's free to play. I get it. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 You're going to have microtransactions to, but 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 you're again and we talked about how great Street Fighter is. Yeah. Here here are the fucking facts about Street Fighter 6 though. Yeah. It takes I heard someone say it, it took them 18 hours in the world tour mode to grind for one of the secondary costumes in the game for one of the characters. You, guess what you can also do? You mm -hmm. can pay for them. And do you think that was a conscious decision to make it insane amount of hours to grind for one of those or people can just pay for it? Oh yeah. They knew exactly what they were doing with that. Yeah. It's, it's and that's exactly not okay. That's what I'm talking about. It's like all these modes, these grindy ass modes, like leave that shit for like the RPGs or something. Yeah. Like that's what the interest was in grinding your ass off is made for that. It doesn't have to be for every fucking game and monotonous thing. It's like, come on. <laughs> it's just so profitable. Like, so my way to do it, mm -hmm. obviously the, the way that would make us all happy and smiling and Josh and I would be in a flowery circle dancing at the state of the gaming industry <laughs> um, would be you have this massive game like Diablo 4 that took a lot of resources to make. And when you release new content that comes to the game, you charge for it like a DLC and there's no microtransactions or any of that bullshit to help with the game. Now I get it. How do we do that and create a balanced experience for the players that don't purchase that new content? But I bet we could figure it out if we think about it for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because it's like even the $70 games we're getting, you, you buy the digital deluxe edition that's over $100 and it's still filled with microtransactions. Mm -hmm. Like, bro, you're it's like you're buying a car and then you're doing your car payment and shit like that. Yeah. It's like, fucking hell. I think, and yeah. like, 
I don't know. And I'm just fucking rambling at this point. Nah, what are, I, I, what are I, hate you. I was going to say, I think it was, I've been saying this for a long time. I think was the problem with video games now is, yeah, live service game is there's too much of them. It's like, it's overabundance of them. But, but back in the day, uh, before the live service stuff, we look forward to sequels more often. And sometimes sequels improved upon old ideas and reinvent things. And when the game came and it might out, be cheaper to make too. Yeah, and and you know when the game came out, you know you have you you, know, you worked on a few DLC content here and there, and you have the main team working on the next project and such, which gives them more time to work on something else. And then we was getting like a flow of new video games, so on and so forth. I I think some live service games were cool, but the idea that the standard now should be everything should be live service just hurts everybody. It hurts competition. And then on top of it too, this you know, it, it it has shifted the gaming community to where we think games are successful as long as they're relevant by how big the player count really is. Yes, and people will will bring up player counts for single player games after oh this game's dead after a month yeah. and it's a single player. Uh, yeah. What what do you want to play every game in your library for more than a year? No, right. no. You, you finish a game and you move on. Yeah. Why and, is that so wrong? Yeah, and, and and it's it's creating that space where moving on is taboo. Yeah. <laughs> when oh, we, dead game, when all we, dead game. And we, all we ever did as gamers is move on to the next thing. That's all we ever did. And some yeah. and and like Call of Duty Four before like. Like Call of Duty Modern Warfare, like 2007, before everything became live service, people were still playing it for years, even if it didn't get enough new updates. Where people were still playing it because it was that fun and it was a cool time waster. It wasn't so dependent on that. I gotta do my dailies, gotta do my weeklies. Like we don't need all this MMO RPG stuff in our and in, in, in the regular games that we enjoy playing. It's just like y'all. It, it, gaming is so dependent on relevancy that it's hurting everything else. I, I, I hate yeah. it. I hate it. And, I really do. <laughs> and I want to hone in real quick, kind of like wrapping this conversation up on the yeah. point you just made regarding games as a service is not inherently bad, right. but the state of games as a service right now is bad. You can have good games as a service. Um, I think Helldivers 2 will probably be an example of a good games as a service. But you like way too many things are games as a service. And and games as a service is very expensive to develop. So if you're not profitable, it closes down and the yeah. game goes away forever. It's yeah. it's not like these games that fail that you can still play years later if you like that still exist as media. When these games as a service go away, they are gone. You yeah. cannot play them. They don't exist anymore because mm -hmm. they're always online games. Yep. And for like for game preservation's sake, it's also concerning. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, obviously Josh and I aren't the biggest fans of 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 the direction, but we would still love to hear what what you guys think. You know, what did yeah. you? Yeah, tell us what you thought about the showcase. Even it, it, if it resonated with you and it didn't with us, that's okay too. Um. <laughs> but. Yeah, like, you know, maybe, you know, you're so excited for Dragon's Dogma 2 that you don't give a shit about any of the other things, or maybe Spider-Man, or, you know. Dragon's Dogma's look lit. It looks lie. good, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I, I will give it a That's try. That's a next-gen game right there. <laughs> I saw that game. Ooh. And it's RE so, Engine 2? That engine, man. Yeah. It's just it's just in, in, immune to flops, truly. Yeah. 
Malik, um, Malik has had hype about it. <laughs> I saw it is on yeah. TikTok. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets early access to some of those games. So we got we got to talk to him and see if he's getting because because he's a uh, he's talked about that before about getting to play games early, right? Yeah, because he got Street Fighter Six early. He got the review coming. I'm like, son of a gun! Oh. What are you doing? I want to go. Capcom wanna... hit our line. <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting now. I know. Malik is awesome. Uh, new meta GG on on TikTok. Fantastic yeah, creator. Yeah. One of my favorite creators. Period. Right now. Night. Because yep. he's yeah. so no bullshit with 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 delivering the news in a very concise and effective way. Yeah. I- out of all the people that talk about video game news, I go to his page the most. Yep, and I agree. Yeah, it's just he's quick too. Yeah, when very... when when news breaks, he will have a video up like within thirty minutes of that news breaking. It's nuts. Yeah. And I think what's what's also cool, um, he's very in, informative. He doesn't waste people's time. He's going to take his time to explain things to you, so you get a better understanding within a, like under a minute. Unlike certain creators who say, th- I'm not, we're not saying names, but they'll say things as vague as they can to garner so much attention and then leave it up for interpretation with people that don't do their due diligence to do their research and then they accept it as fact. And that's a problem in the content creating space. Yeah, they want the headline. They want the, they want the, the hook that sounds really good. Like the, Again, we we're talking about that CG project right with PlayStation thing. Yeah. I do not want to go into that right now, but um, <laughs> yeah. there was rumors being spread around that PlayStation was purchasing CG project. All these um, content creators kind of posted stuff about it, um, yeah. and it was all unfounded. But anyways, yeah, basically, new objection. <laughs> <laughs> objection. New Meta does a good job of basically just being the facts. Um, You'll get more of his opinion from like streams and reviews, but when it comes to news stuff, it's just like here's the news, here's what's going on, general thoughts about it, but give you specifics in in the actual, you know, time frame. I don't know. Good stuff. Follow them, please. Yeah, we'll probably have Malik on again sometime soon. I'd I'd like to have him on again, but I know he's a busy guy. Very very busy. <laughs> and I feel like Malik would, if we reach out, he would want to be on. Even though, like, to be nice, even though he's really busy. So I don't want to catch him where he feels <laughs> like he needs to say yes. Like, you get what I'm saying? Oh, no, he, he's pretty, pretty, he's pretty, pretty chill. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I reached out to him and talk about, like, uh, advice things, uh, content creating relatable stuff, you know, the struggles and the, it, yeah. you know, trying to, trying to come up as a content creator in the space where we are right now. But, uh, so, Josh, do you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap up? Destiny was the worst pre-order game I bought. <laughs> Mine was Final Fantasy 15. Sorry to people who <laughs> love that game. <laughs> we were supposed to talk about that, and I'm like, I'm feeling myself in my chair fading. Fading in from his, well, fading from I, I'm, I'm dissolving. <laughs> yeah. I wish I was in Josh's time zone right now, to be honest. Um, oh, an hour, an hour four or backwards. <laughs> backward, yeah. So yeah. it wouldn't be a sleepy. But yeah, um, you know, we, we, I'm not too bummed because it's like we both said this is going to be, we're just going to go where the conversation <laughs> takes us. I thought it was a pretty damn good episode, to be honest. I had Very, fun. I had fun too, man. Um, it's good to have you back. <laughs> 
yeah so i should definitely be back next time too um that you know knock on wood all things considered uh but yeah guys thank you so much for joining us on the time yes. attack gaming podcast episode 37 um make sure to email us at time attack gaming podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions comments you want to add to the podcast thoughts etc or you can message josh and i on tiktok instagram whatever social media platform you want to use uh yeah we'd love to hear your thoughts thank yes, you for chilling with us guys we love you very much and we'll see you in the next episode of the time attack game podcast peace <laughs>